Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 18 of the Power Company podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Before I go any further, I want to say a huge, huge thanks and a shout out to all of our patrons. Uh, We met our first monthly goal, which means that this podcast stays commercial and sponsor free other than us and our own commercials, of course. And uh, we're excited about that. Our, our next goal, which is to reach $100 a month, would mean that uh, we're going to look into getting more portable uh, so that Nate and I can each have a recording set up that's ultra portable. We could even take it to the crags, interview people right after they came off their projects. We could talk pretty much anywhere in that situation. So that could really open up some doors. Uh, if you want to become a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Um, that's definitely the best monetary way to help us out, and uh, and we greatly appreciate it. So big shout out to all of our current patrons. Thanks. We love you guys. Uh, also, I just got shirts up on the website. So I've got tees, I've got tanks, I've got hoodies. Uh, It's all for sale. You can go to powercompanyclimbing.com, click on the apparel tab, and you'll find all of those just in time for the Christmas season. You can stuff the stockings of your favorite partner and rep your favorite training company at the Crag. So go get on that. Uh, Today, uh, I've got a pretty cool conversation. And yes, you read that title correctly. It is Uh, V11 to 511, not the other way around, how you might expect. Um, I'm talking today with Carrie Cooper, who is uh, mostly known as a boulderer. Um, She is also a mom of two kids, a doctor of physical therapy. She runs the uh, Forefront uh, Physical Therapy at the Front Climbing Gym, and you can find her at ForefrontSLC.com if you're interested in checking out her services. Uh, She's super knowledgeable, so... Uh, she's probably a good place to look if you're having any troubles with your body over there in Salt Lake. And uh, Carrie and I talk about her journey in becoming a sport climber. She has these sport climbing goals that she's stoked about, uh, but she's a boulder, and sport climbing scares her a little bit. Uh, so we really dig into that. And um, I've got kind of a, a special treat to this episode. We're doing it a little bit different. So after the conversation with Carrie... Um, which which we had to cut sort of short because we were on a pretty tight time schedule. She was getting the her uh, forefront PT opened up, and it was during OR, so we were both a little crazy at the time. And um, so we had to cut it a little short, but I did get the chance to talk to her coach, Dan Mursky, uh, just the other day, and I recorded a short conversation with Dan uh, talking about his work with Carrie. So we get... Uh, both perspectives here, Carrie's and Dan's as the coach. So after the conversation with Carrie, stick around and listen to the short conversation with Dan. All right, um, I am going to get this thing going. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. 
I think that oftentimes we look at the successes more than we look at the failures and give more weight to success than we do failure, but failure is such a part of the process. Uh, up in Big Cottonwood Canyon. What's the sport climbing like up there? I've never been there. Oh, that's funny because I really hadn't either. <laughs> it's granite, obviously, right? Uh, no, it's not granite. No? It is something else. Hmm. And I don't know what it is. <clears throat> I wish I had more information for you, but I don't because I rolled up in there without a guide, got a little bit lost, ended up on a... A uh, 35 meter sport climb. Oh man! Uh, ran out of draws. Had to use some pitons that were <laughs> fixed. Down climbed, traversed, and realized that I was like 30 feet above and 30 feet to the left of the anchors. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like a nightmare. It was kind of fun, actually. It was a good adventure. Was, oh, that's good. It was really easy. That's so. good it didn't like freak you out of sport climbing. No, I definitely had a moment where I was like, I should I should just down climb and donate that quick draw. Like That would be the smart <laughs> thing. But I was like, nope, I'm going to stick with it, see what happens. I'm climbing on easy stuff. It'll be fine. And it was fine. <laughs> I don't know. And it usually is fine. It's. I don't, I don't think it's logic, though. I don't think logic applies. So I think that's a good seg into what we're going to talk about here. So, right. So you're you're known as a boulder. Mm-hmm. You're a strong boulder, and you're apparently a cat lover, or at least cats <laughs> love cat you. Is, the cat's well, maybe the cat mauling really your likes. face on the microphone right now. <laughs> but uh, come here. But sport climbing is something you've made some goals in. Mm-hmm. But it kind of freaks you out, right? Right. It's it is an illogical uh, fear. Most of it is related to the gear, just not having had the experience with it, mm-hmm. uh, not having pushed myself to my limits uh, in sport climbing, and really, um, you know, I can I can push through the crux. And then on the, you know, far easier head wall, get completely scared and not be able to finish the route. It's completely illogical. Yeah. So is it like a pump thing that causes you to sure. freeze yep. up? Mm-hmm. Is it because you're obviously strong enough for the cruxes of these routes? Let's let's look at numbers really quick. And I, okay. I know this sucks to look at numbers, but right. what would you consider yourself a solid boulder at what grade? Hmm. I think the I've done more B10s than any other higher grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that means that I'm a solid V10 climber. But you've done I'm lots on the, of I'm V10s, a solid V3 so. climber. Like I can pretty <laughs> much climb any V3 on the planet. <laughs> That's always been my response when people in the gym are like, how hard do you climb? I'm like, I'm pretty good at 510. Yeah. So. Yeah. So but you've done it's, lots it's relative. of V10s, Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. I've probably done 50 V10s. And then what's your solid level for sport climbing as of today 511d well that's yeah see that's, which i was very 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 proud of today yeah I no doubt that that's solid, cool so so b- before we get into the details of it 
do you mind sharing your sport climbing goal? Sure. Is that something we can put out into the, of course. the ether? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a really big fan of goals. Um, I think that having a, a really lofty goal is sometimes better than being short-sighted and limiting yourself to the things that are easily graspable. But I believe in kind of a long-term goal, short-term goal scenario. Mm -hmm. So my long-term goal right now is to climb 514. Awesome. And my short-term goal is to build up to that. So I have kind of this pyramid that I'm working with, with constant thought of, okay, how is this going to get me to that 514 goal? Right. Like, how can I apply this to, I mean, not only the training for it, but also the mental, I guess the mental fortitude that it would mm -hmm. take to actually complete that goal. Yeah. And the whole thing, the, the planning, the, you know, you have to have the right partners and, and oh, they're going to need to mm -hmm. be around for your intermediate goals as well. Absolutely. So there's, it's definitely good that you've, got this big lofty goal and then you can you can break that down into smaller goals and and be okay reaching the big lofty goal slowly right i think that's important mm -hmm. yeah and, and not getting frustrated with the process yeah no doubt taking a deep breath and going okay what is what is the small success that i yep. just had like trying to find that small success every time i go out like Today. And really revel in those things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and let it let it guide the next day out. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, slowly stacking all of those positives. It's yeah, it's a it's a success ladder. Yeah. Now, where did you when you made this five fourteen goal? Mm. Where did you stand with sport climbing? Were you already aware <laughs> that it was going to be a scary thing for you? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and and also aware of where I'm at right now. So when I decided that I wanted to climb 514, I was uh, failing on 512s in the gym and getting really frustrated and mm. upset with myself um, and going, well, I climbed this, so I should climb this. Right, because and the moves on a 512 are v4 v5 tops sure but know, to me which are things you warm up on regularly right so to me a month ago <clears throat> uh a 511 felt exactly like 514 because i was giving it the same amount of force right and so learning really what it takes to climb at all those different levels um is a really fun journey so um I, I, I know the strength of what those those crux moves should feel like. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. I feel like that's a really positive thing. Right. Um, and I just try to remind myself when I'm there. And all the while, I'm kind of building up my endurance um, because I, I've, I've always been kind of that sprinter, not a runner kind right. of thing. Right, right. Um, where I can just, you know, bear down and just push really hard through something for like seven moves. Right. So the moment that I was touching the rock, I would start holding my breath immediately. Yeah. And I would get to the second bolt and be like, oh, I'm totally pumped right now. I have, there's just no way I can even make it to the top, mm -hmm. let alone, and it didn't matter what grade that was. Um, it was always the same amount of force. So learning how to meter out the force force 
Yep. And relax a little more Mm -hmm. when you can. Yes. Yeah. And what was, so walk me through the ego that had to be uh, kept in check (laughs) when you're going, okay, I'm, I'm getting pumped and I'm failing on 5.11 climbing when I know I can lower down right now and do, you know, a V8 on the other side of the gym. Right. How did you handle that? I mean, you're, you're in a gym environment, so were you at all worried about people looking at you and saying, wait, absolutely. I thought she was stronger? You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How do you I, deal with that? And that, that didn't come from anything outside. You know, that came from me having that discussion with myself and being like, you have to feel confident in the things that you've already done and recognize that this is a huge goal. And this is something that I've set out to do so many summers. It's yep. just been one right after the other. And I would just go straight to that hard thing and try it and try it and get shut down and get frustrated. And then the moment that bouldering season was upon us, I would just go to what was easy and so easy for me right. and just go straight there. Dive and, right and, back into the right. safe place. Yeah. So starting early on and being okay with not making it to the level that I wanted to be at right off the Mm get-go, like just always reminding myself, this is a goal. This is a goal. You have to stay on a course. There's there's a process involved here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think you started that out by saying that that conversation was all inside you. That was you having a conversation with yourself. And I think that's really easy for people to forget yes. that they, they feel like people are watching them. So it becomes fact. Like yeah. people are watching me. People think I suck, you know, whatever. <laughs> when really it's just yourself thinking that people are watching you. Mm-hmm. Chances are there might be one catty girl in the gym who's watching, mm-hmm. but but chances are no one's noticing or right. or they've struggled with the exact same thing. So they, they know what's happening. I you think know? that oftentimes we look at the successes more than we look at the failures mm-hmm. and give more weight to success than we do failure. But failure is such a part of the process. Yeah, and a bigger part of it. I mean, we fail way more than we succeed. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. And if you don't fail more than you succeed, you're probably not trying very hard, right. frankly. Yeah, I mean, we all want to be just really good at it. We want to just be able to say, I've only been doing this for a year and I'm... Right, yep. I'm climbing 514, you know? Yeah, But that's just not the reality. Yeah. And it's okay to fail. And once I realized for myself that it was okay to fail, I stopped looking to others for an okay. Yeah, and it doesn't matter where that failure happens. Mm-mm. You know, it's like you see a lot of people failing on big numbers. I actually once heard someone in Red River Gorge who was obviously in over their head, mm. you know, on this 12B, getting destroyed by it. And I overheard him say, well, at least I can tell everybody I'm working a 12B now. Mm. And I was like, so he's probably failing on 11B as well. Right, yeah. But doesn't want to tell people I'm failing on 11B. Right. So it sounds cooler to fail on a big number. Sure. But but that's 
counterproductive. You right. know, you need to you need to work your failures up mm-hmm. just the same way you work your successes up. Absolutely. And I think that it, for whatever your goal is, challenging yourself on those things that you're maybe a little bit weaker at that aren't your strength mm-hmm. will make you a better climber in total. So even if for I sure. don't, and that's another side of this that <clears throat> is okay, that if I don't make my goal, I know that this is going to make me a better climber. On some level, I'm going to feel it. I'm already feeling it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it may very well and probably will help with your bouldering to some degree. Absolutely. You know, if you can, the the knowing how to relax part especially will be huge. The breathing. Yeah. So are there things that you're specifically doing now? Because I know you're training with Dan Mursky at the front training room. Right. Are there specific things you guys do or that you do on your own yeah. to kind of work through these breathing issues Absolutely. or relaxation issues? So a lot of what I do with Dan is looking at what is my, what's like 80% of, of my max and trying to prolong the amount of time that I can be at 80%. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, mixing a boulder problem with rows and ball slams. And it, it's it's extensive and it's a lot of circuiting. So I get my upper body, my lower body, my heart gets involved. And I have to mentally calm everything back down right. and just say, okay, you know, the, the part of this circuit is I'm going to do a boulder problem and then I'm going to go and I'm going to row for 200 meters and I'm going to do eight ball slams and I'm going to rest 30 seconds. And in that 30 seconds, it's enough time for me to put my climbing shoes back on and right. get back on the wall. So my heart rate is up high, but mm-hmm. I look at it and I'm like, okay, I've already done this rock climb. And I know that it's hard. It may have a big move right at the end, but I can do it. And I mm-hmm. just have to settle down my system enough to make it through that crux. And then I keep going and I'm able to do like the endurance portion of it. Right. And I think that's been not only helpful with increasing my overall endurance, but also, for example, I was uh, sport climbing this morning and there was, um, I was reading the route and typically I'm really terrible at reading routes. Um, I'll end up like 10 feet off route and people right. will be like, Hey Carrie, you <laughs> doing okay up there? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, but today I looked up and I was like, okay, I see that there's a crux above me, but that looks like a good hold. So I'll just push through the crux and I'll be able to calm my heart rate up on that hold up there and maybe for the next few. And so I tried that. It was just, mm-hmm. it was total trial and error, just yeah. trying to apply what I'm doing in my training and uh, work through the moves of this rock climb. And it worked perfectly. And I was like, wow. That's cool how that works, huh? <laughs> <That's>, that <laughs> is direct application. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And just, just a note about the thing that Dan has you doing, I think another important part of that, you know, getting to a fatigue level and then getting back onto a rock climb and pushing yourself through that you know you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, an important note about that is especially if you're getting to climb outside at the same time, it really helps to save skin to do those rows or ball slams or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you're doing to get your fatigue level up, to get your heart rate up, and then you get back on the rock climb instead of just 
doing rock climbs at 80%, yeah. you know, where there might be technical failure or whatever. This way you're getting on something you know really well. You're saving skin and then you get on it. Absolutely. And, and get to test out. Because a lot on. of times, even on a route, you know, there's there's a, an obvious section of hard climbing mm-hmm. followed by basically easy climbing that you're just kind of moving through. Right, which and is where you said you were failing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which is my... I'm really excited about the success today, just just in the process of being able to work through that. Like it's it's been, it has increased my confidence in achieving my goal. Like today was kind of a big day for me. Yeah. Even though the number wasn't huge. And what are some of the successes that that you've found along the way? And and not not number wise, but mm. you know, are there days where you just revel in the fact that you had fun? Instead of getting stressed out, you know? Yeah. What are some of the things that you've noticed along the way that that felt like success for you? Um, Are we talking about even with bouldering or? With sport climbing, like with with battling this this demon that you're you're fighting with now. Um, Some of the successes are breathing and reminding myself to breathe Mm -hmm. and working that into the flow of the climb i think that that was a huge uh yeah that that changed my climbing a lot because if i could rest and then be able to breathe in and out through my nose then i knew i could move on from there yeah and if i couldn't then i was probably only going to make it about three more moves and then fall um and so that understanding how my breathing has been uh, how my breathing works has been a, a, a big success. The other one is um, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> so are there are there times when you feel like like I know you're a, you're a very mindful climber. Oh, I just thought of a really really okay. important. Hit one. me with it. Sorry, um, I'm a little bit OCD about the safety aspect of oh, climbing yeah, for sure. Um, and which is not you know, a bad thing, right? But unless you let it scare you, you, you yeah. And I was <clears throat> definitely letting it scare me. Um, I would, of course, check my check my my belayer, check myself before I got on the rock. Mm-hmm. But then I would check my knot probably every three or four moves, right? And look at the rope and look at my harness and go, oh well, I'm in a no fall zone. Like if I if something gives, I'm on the ground. I'm dead. I'm and that would just uh, so you're send you're me assuming a point of failure is going to happen there. Correct. Yeah. And so um, I I set it upon myself to check my knot once, mm-hmm. check my belayer while I was on the ground, and then just forget about it. Yep. Just go. And that was really big because then it allowed me to flow and be more efficient. Yeah, I think that's huge. You know, I tell a lot of people, and I do this almost religiously, that when I'm getting onto a climb, I discuss it with my belayer. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly if they don't know. Yeah. That here's where I might fall. Here's where I'm going to struggle. Here's where I'm going to do a big move and need more rope. You can give me more rope than you think. I'm not going to hit the ground. You know, I go over the whole thing with them 
because then it puts it out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get up there and wonder if they are paying attention and know what's happening. Yeah. You know, so so I try to ease my mind before I even leave the ground, mm-hmm. and I think that's huge. Instead of getting up there and freaking out because you don't know you you and your Blair aren't communicating. That's huge. Yeah. Create a a relationship of trust before you even leave the ground. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's then, mine's not based on fear. It's just based on I want to I want to get rid of any excuse I have up there to let my mind wander. Absolutely. You know, I want to mm-hmm. be focused in on what I'm doing. And and I always climb better when I do. So are there times in your in your sport climbing journey that you're in um because you're a really mindful climber and you pay close attention to your movement and your breathing and your flow, have you seen levels of relaxation? Because I feel like a lot of people just, they want instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Like I've been practicing relaxing, now I need to be relaxed. Like there's no, there are no levels there. No, I, and I, yes, recognizing I always heard this term, you can rest there and just get it all back. Mm-hmm. And I still don't really understand that yet. I, I get it a little bit because it, you have to be able to be okay with being slightly uncomfortable. Sure. And moving with that discomfort and being okay with it. And it's a little bit like the the double check of the knot. Mm-hmm. Before you start moving, if you're, say, you're pumped and you're getting a little uncomfortable and you're not sure of the moves or you're onsiding, um, recognizing that, okay, I can still squeeze my fist and make this, this move. Um, I'm just going to relax and do it because the, the pump is going to be there. It's never going to go away completely. I mean, what sport climbers rest for like an hour between yeah, burns on yeah. their projects. So it obviously takes a long time. So while you're on a route, it's not going to go away completely. You're not going to find this like total body relaxation. You're rock climbing. Um, right. And I think the moment that, especially for me, I realized that okay, I'm pumped, but I can still climb these moves. Okay, cool, let's do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that fix it and forget it kind of thing. Yep, and that's another important part of the training is you get to learn all the levels of pumped, you know, because (laughs) a lot of... Beginning. I'm surprised we don't and, have different words for pump, yeah, like, the, like Eskimos have for snow. <laughs> yeah, there definitely need to be. Well, there, there's a route in Red River Gorge called 50 Words for Pump. So, Oh, wow. We need to figure those out. But my fiance always, she'll complain about being pumped really quickly on a route. Mm. And I'm like, you're still moving perfectly in control. You look great. You're not pumped yet. You know, mm-hmm. that's not pumped yet. Mm-mm. And she said that once while our mutual friend, Brittany Griffith, was standing nearby. And Brittany said, well, that's rock climbing. I'm pumped all the time. Like, from when I leave the ground to when I get to the top, I'm pumped. You know, So I remind her of that all the time because to her, pump meant, you know, shut down. Like, right. Now I'm about to fall because I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. But I the training that-, that you're doing lets you learn how much further you can go. Yes. And when I first started, like day one, I was feeling the pump all the way into my back fascia and up into my forehead. Right, right. And then I really could hardly drive myself home. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is <laughs> never going to work. <laughs> this is awful. 
So did you, were you training before the sport climbing thing with, with a coach? Like, no. Did you start working with Dan specifically, specifically for the sport climbing? Specifically for this, yeah. Cool. Yep. I think that's something a lot of people can learn from because you're a, you're a talented rock climber. You're an experienced climber, but you felt the need for some reason to reach out to a coach who could mm-hmm. push you through. Why was that? Well, I've always had an interest. No, I wouldn't say always. Within the last uh, maybe three years. So I had my second child, and then three months later, I went to physical therapy school. So that basically took my rock climbing and dropped it down b- like far below what I was basically starting from scratch. And so I could get myself back up to an area that was comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, But I was, you know, I was plateauing out at V6. And I was like, I can't, I don't know how to push past this because I'd never trained for rock climbing. And um, I had some friends of mine in the Shrine crew, so Steve Mage and Justin Wood. And I was just talking to them about it. And they were like, you should come and train with us. And that's how I started uh, working on the moon board. And working with them helped me push through my my plateau. And right. then Into some I wasn't comfortable zone. Yeah, absolutely. I w- it mm. wasn't something that I was doing uh, religiously by any means. It was like, oh, okay, well, we'll go on this day together. And it wasn't anything where I had like a plan. I kind of had a plan here and there. Um, but I really didn't stick to it. <laughs> right. So it was more like working out. <laughs> yeah, it was it was adding a little bit of a um yeah, some spice to my workout. Yeah. But it lets you see that that getting into those uncomfortable zones in in a training setting mm-hmm. is is gonna be helpful. Yeah, I was always kind of the anti-training person because I climbed in Flagstaff. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I I never climbed in a gym, never, ever. I could climb outside all year round. And that was, you know, I had, there was the, it was the circuit at the priest draw, you know, um, where I had specific problems that I would go to. And it was two tries and you're out. And if you make it to the end of your circuit, if it's a perfect circuit, then you can add a rock climb or you mm. can work on your project or yep. you know something like that so that was how i trained um right. but kinda, bringing but, in that kind of gym and you were format. bouldering you were kind of it's it's really easy for all of us to find a comfort zone and stay in it absolutely you know and i mm. i commend you for stepping outside of it particularly if you have to take a little blow to the ego and <laughs> you know take a step down and and work back up mm-hmm. to a place where you you might have thought you should be right. you know it's really hard to do thanks yeah thanks for sitting down with me I appreciate it's been it. such a pleasure thank you so much for having me do not go anywhere we've still got more coming up uh, big thanks to Carrie for taking time out and sitting down with me and Uh, You're not alone out there. If you're scared of sport climbing, if you get in your own head while you're climbing, you're not alone. It happens to even really, really strong climbers like Carrie. So let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with Dan. What's up, everybody? Chris here. Pardon the interruption. I'll keep this short and sweet. Since this podcast started taking off and we've been growing it, you guys have been asking how you can help out. I've got three ways for you. Number one, you can become a patron. That just means you give a monthly donation to the podcast, a dollar and up, and you get something in return. 
And you can check out what those rewards are at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Best of all, we'll keep it sponsor and commercial free for you. Number two, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to iTunes and do all that, but it really helps us out. At least that's what I'm told by the podcast powers that be. And number three, perhaps the easiest way and the best way to help us out is to share us on your social medias. Anytime you see us post up a new podcast, please share it with your friends. Tag people who will really appreciate it or who need to hear the advice that we're giving. All right. Thank you, guys. And back to the show. But yeah, so I want to talk to you about one of your clients who I had a conversation with uh, at OR. And we had a quick talk because she was busy with all the OR goings on, but but a really great talk. And the talk was about her like journey from V11 to 511, you know. And we talked about her 514 goal that she made and um, her struggle with sport climbing and and what that looks like so far. Yep. And I just kind of wanted to get your insight into what it was like being on the coaching end of that yeah for sure so in my mind that's a cool situation to be in because you've got this super strong boulder and you know the skills for sport climbing because you're a sport climber you know largely and what was it like when she came in and said i want to climb 514 what was your initial reaction to that um so we use names is all right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. For so, sure. uh, um, uh, Carrie Cooper is a, is someone I actually just got to know this year as a, a new to Salt Lake, and uh, and she is um, now become involved at with the uh, the business I work in at the front climbing gym, and mm-hmm. she's got her physical therapy center there, and so yep. it's really cool us just becoming friends this summer and le- and learning about each other as people and as climbers, and uh, yeah, she started talking to me about wanting to transition from sport climbing. And I, uh, from bouldering to sport climbing. And at that point, I don't even think I was even aware of how badass of a boulder Carrie right, was. Right, right. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, like, you know, we can we can take a boulder and make you a sport climber. It just takes a little bit of building some endurance. Uh, and then we kind of started climbing together a little bit, bouldering in the front. And I was just like, whoa, all yeah, right. Like, like, she's strong. She's yeah, for real. She's really strong. Yeah. And... So that was, then it got really more exciting for me mm-hmm. because you get a lot of boulders, I think, who assume that because the moves are easier, the transition to sport climbing is going to be right, easy. Right, You know, and then they, they get to the third bolt where the boulder problem ends and they get pumped and they fall off and they can't figure out why they fell off the wall and then they just complain about being pumped. And, um, and some of that happens with Carrie for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um... The thing that's been awesome with Carrie, I think, is her willingness to go through the process, you know? Like, yeah, we talked a lot about that. And for her, she told me that the process used to end, like, like until she worked with you, she would, like, make this 514 goal, go, like, go bang her head against the wall on some hard route, and then as soon as bouldering season came, she was like, fuck it, I'm done, I'm going bouldering. You know, and I just talked to her yesterday, and she's out sport climbing with the girls in mm-hmm. in St. George. Yeah, so, St. George up at the resurre- uh, Whaling Wall. And yeah, Cathedral. so she's yeah. not bailed out to bouldering yeah. yet, which is pretty cool. Like, which is she's awesome. Seeing she's this thing sticking, through, sticking with it. Yeah, you know, and that 
for someone like her with the strength she already possesses, the skills she possesses, it's just that stick-to-itiveness that she's got to get through. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, what uh, one of the things I was trying to do with Carrie was have her simultaneously build a base by having to cut her teeth on 5'11 and get yep. pumped and fall totally. off. And then also, I would I would have her try the 514 sport routes I was trying when we'd go out climbing together so that she was building that base and also building that understanding that she was totally capable of doing these harder rock climbs. Right, right. And it was just this one other, the other part had to, they had to merge, you know? So like her skill set, her strength and power are there. She was doing moves on 514s. I mean, she was basically doing as well on the 514s as she was doing on the 512s. Right. Because she just didn't have the fitness yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she didn't really have her head wrapped around. Yeah, yeah, the head's been a big one roots, for her, you know? You know? We, we talked about that quite a bit. And I think what you just outlined is a cool way for almost anybody to approach their sport climbing goals. You know, build your base up, but at the same time, go check out what, what the hard routes are totally. for you. You know, if your big goal is 12B, go get on 12B, know see what it's how all it feels about. once in a yeah. while. Yeah, totally, man. You don't know, you know, you build up this idea in your mind of how hard something's going to be, and you build it up beyond what it really is. Yeah, you just romanticize it, yeah. and then you're scared of it. Yeah, like, you know. that's there's not even holds up there. There's right. just, I, <laughs> right. I haven't learned, like, the level 10 magic trick to, to levitate yet. <laughs> yeah, neither have I. There, there's always holds up there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and and one, one thing I think I realized with Carrie, after yep. spending a little bit of time with her, and I, and this is, I think, another thing that's, common with boulders is with sport climbers there's a um with getting pumped and climbing even there's just a, a willingness to be uncomfortable yeah when you're bouldering and you're executing hard boulder problems especially the way that carrie climbs when you see her do something well i mean you're like was that v11 or was that v3 right she just crushed it yep she likes things to be like that too yeah as a person even i've noticed it with her um and so I try to get her into situations that just make her a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, not like scary, but a little bit. So she gets, you know, all right with being out there on lead because mm -hmm. that's definitely an issue for her. And just kind of climbing pumped and uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that as much as the fitness component is is a big part of that transition from bouldering to sport climbing. It has been for her. Yeah, totally. We talked a little bit about that you would have her do circuits in the gym and then have to you know execute a boulder problem that she could already do totally and i think that's a really great way to approach someone who's already an athlete already understands their body and understands what they can do under duress yeah you know um and to teach them that this is i can still do these moves regardless of what my heart rate's doing, regardless of how tired I am, how pumped I feel, you know, whatever. And then Carrie can make those connections because she's an athlete. Totally. And I think that's super important. An athlete and a, and a, a practitioner, you know. Yeah, exactly. She's an amazing physical therapist. Uh, she's done some some work kind of in a Pilates style and dr also dry needling with me to help me with some stuff. So yep. she's got So this, she understands she, all that. She gets it. Yeah. But at the same time, she's so she's she can be resistant to it too where mm -hmm. i like I'm like i think that's true of any athlete oh for like, sure you the, get them the higher level they are the more resistant they yeah. can be to something yeah. yeah you know and, and but it's been i i think you know it took a little bit of her trusting me to to let me get her out of that comfort zone yeah 
Um, you know, and that's something that part of, of recognizing you can still climb when you feel blown up or uncomfortable, your heart rates through the roof, something we all figure out when we climb on a rope, but it's not something you necessarily do when you're executing hard boulders. Yeah. You know, so that, I think that was like one of my big focus points with Carrie and I think has been, um, helpful for her for sure. Yep. I think it's pretty cool that, that you started this by talking about Carrie as a friend because, that's a big part of building a relationship with your clients. And, and I think that means a lot to her too. And I think that's a big part of her journey in this is having somebody she trusts yeah. like you on the other side saying, you know, this is what we need to do. And, and then she can follow that a little better than if she just reads it in a book or totally or on a, yeah. an online article or whatever. Definitely. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, no, Carrie and I, uh, quickly became good friends yeah and then almost realized that we were like should have been siblings somehow like we, she, <laughs> right. i call her sister she calls me brother like yeah i think it took like three days before we just started having that good bickering relationship but i have to remind her you know who the coach is sometimes still yeah <laughs> so before we wrap this up where is she at now like where do you see her sport climbing at at the moment um i would i so not it's been sure. a couple months since I yeah, talked to her. Yeah, it's been a so. couple months. I know she she did have a little bit of like getting psyched. I want to go bouldering. Yeah, sure. You know, as a as a coach, you want to push people in the direction that they said they want to go in. Yep. But also, you want to see climbers being psyched on what they're doing. Yeah, and totally. I saw her kind of having some initial um, good progress with the sport climbing. Then maybe seeing a little bit of frustration and plateau. I also didn't want her to lose all her power and strength. So right, right. She had, um, you know, she started getting into little cottonwood and doing her thing up there. And mm -hmm. I saw that as really good. You know, I wanted Carrie to like climb and feel good about her climbing. Totally. So I'm guessing right now she's probably up at the Wailing Wall, crushing five twelve. And I awesome. hope uh, the other gals she's with are encouraging her to get on some some of the harder five thirteen routes up there. And I think in no time she could be doing something like Resurrection. That's kind of awesome. the one that I'm. I, I've been look following her on the social. I'm like, try Resurrection, dude. Yeah, it's Resurrection, Resurrection 13B. 13B. Yeah, I yeah. So. One of the one of the best lines up there. Just that gray blue limestone yep. and features like Waco tanks, like these awesome. ears that just won't come off the wall. There, yep. it's rad. So so cool. That's where I see her. Uh, if she sticks with it, I think this winter, easy, she gets to 513, and then we just keep going from there. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I think it's it's good that you've got like a realistic plan that you're not like, oh, you climb V11, you should just go project to Boulder E514 and totally. be over it. Right. You know? I think that's really cool. And yeah, she's got a good approach to it. So I think this is going to be valuable to everybody. Yeah, I mean, so. you know, there's a difference between just applying your bouldering skills and finding the easiest, or not, sorry, not easiest, but the, the route that's most applicable you best, to your yep. bouldering skill set, or there's becoming a sport climber. Right. And that's what's awesome about Carrie is she's actually taking the time and investing the energy to become a sport climber, you know, and then, and then when she, when she goes through that initial process, like we all did, then you, you can be a boulder and a sport climber. Totally. Absolutely. And I think she's going to be great at both. All right, yeah. cool, man. Thanks for thanks for sitting down and talking to me about it. Yeah, buddy. What a great team these two make. Uh, Carrie takes a really great approach to the process and accepting failure because that's a you know that's the biggest part of the process. That that's how we learn. And she also was was able to let go of that ego that 
that she realized she's creating herself and I think that's huge and having a coach like Dan who knows the ins and outs and who's really invested in in Carrie's performance and in her well-being I think that that goes a really really long way and I have a feeling Carrie's going to get that 514 goal before long at all so uh, big thanks to Carrie and big thanks to Dan for sitting down and taking time out to talk with me. And uh, I've got more coming from both of them, so stay tuned. And I've got more coming from lots of people. You guys are getting spoiled here with these every week episodes. Um, we'll keep them going to the end of the year, though, and then we'll see what it looks like from there. Uh, if you want to help out, I've already told you all the ways. You can buy shirts. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash Podcast. Help this thing keep growing in a cool direction. You can share us on your social medias. That's the Facebooks. That's the Instagrams. That's the Pinterests. And uh, before I go any further, you guys know what's next, right? Um, but I have to say shout out to Carl. Carl sent me an email very jokingly telling me that um, it's not actually an eagle sound I use. It's a red-tailed hawk. But uh, Carl, I hate to tell you, that red-tailed hawk identifies as an eagle. So who are you to tell him different? We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, this time, this time, this Yeah.